Hello, everybody. Welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Oh, line where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Good job, Cretus. <laughs> it's a hard line to remember. <laughs> I'm Dean. Yeah. And Cretus, uh-huh. today we're going to talk about language knowledge, the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're going back to Genesis again. Classic Dean. (laughs) So sorry, but here we go, back to the beginning. I'm okay with that. It was a pretty good beginning, so I don't mind going there. You're right. (laughs) Walking in the garden, cool the day with dad. Perfect. That's where we want to be. Secretus. Dean. Last week, Jasper Lee was here. Yes. And she left us with something. That was fun. Yes, our desk is getting a little more cluttered. It is. This is an eagle's nest. Mm, and it has a little plaque on there too, doesn't it? It's eagle's nest, yeah. Eagle's nest. So Jasper's known me for a long time. Mm. And she's known about my dream for an eagle's nest school, which is basically just a school where prophetic people... Chill out in the nest together. Chill out in the nest together, that's mm-hmm. right. I like it, getting those wings ready to soar. There you go. That was a fun experience for her going into the store where they make plaques for trophies and stuff yes. and asking for eagle's nest. Eagle's nest. In all yeah. caps and having to explain why. <laughs> yeah, and that's all made out of wire. She wrapped that with wire. Yeah, she's definitely got an artistic touch. She does. She also gave you an eagle. I don't know why you didn't put this eagle in the nest. The eagle is way too big for the nest. <laughs> she gave it's this tall. Dean a ginormous bald eagle stuffy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was so fun. So much fun. And we talked last week a lot about the language of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Excellent. We're going to expand on that. Mm-hmm. I love it. So if you find this podcast encouraging, consider hitting like and subscribe. And also there's that notification yeah. bell. Yeah. Get your alerts every time alerts. you post a new podcast. That's right. Yeah, I remember previously you had asked me if I had had any experiences hearing the Holy Spirit growing yeah. up, mm-hmm. and I thought about a good one. You did tell me about the speech on the angels. <laughs> the speech on the angels. Yeah, well, I went to districts with that speech, all right? You but, went to districts? Yeah, I went to the district finals, but I choked on and repeated a line or stuttered or something. You can't choke at the district finals. No way. <laughs> No, I thought about another time I had an experience with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know at the time it was the Holy Spirit. You know, I believed in God growing up, and I'd go to church at Christmas and Easter and that kind of jazz, And but He was there, you know, like such a loving Father. But anyways, I was in university, and I was in this Associate of Science program because my parents said, go into science, it opened doors. So I'm like, all right, it apparently opens doors, go into science. And I'm just not really feeling it, you know? And I just remember one day when it really hit, I was sitting in this lecture hall and there was a physics teacher and he was talking and I just felt so out of place and like it wasn't where I was meant to be. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I'm sure we've all been there. And so I went home and I was kind of like, because <laughs> you, you sink a lot of money in. Okay. I had to work right. at a coffee shop to pay my tuition. And the Associate of Science program is a four-year program, but it's meant to launch you then into another more specific science program, whether you pick chemistry or biology. So it's just the beginning. Just the start. Of a very long road, right? Right. And I was sitting there and I thought, oh, wait, I know. I can pray. Wow. That was just like this unheard of thought. (laughs) 
I didn't talk to God much. <laughs> so I was like, hey, God, super awkward prayer. I even said, I don't really deserve any kind of answer here, but I don't know what to do and I kind of need some help. So yeah, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, I had this really strong feeling just to get up and walk into the dining room. I lived at home with my parents to their stereo and they had one of those old fashioned, super tall stereos that yep. take up a whole wall. And so I go there and they're sitting on the top of the stereo is the university course planner book mm-hmm. thing. I was like, oh, well, that's convenient. So I opened it and it just opened to nursing and it was like this instant like, yes, washed over my body. Did a light shine? <laughs> oh! beam of light, the angelic voices. No. See, even at this point in the game, I'm still not thinking God's answering me. Right. And I'm just like, wow, yeah. So I was like, all right. The very next day I apply for it. And the counselor advised me against it. She's like, oh, it's a really long wait list right now. It's really competitive. Maybe you should try going in for an LPN or, you know, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I've already wasted a couple of years in school and I don't want to like go through all these other hoops. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to apply. And I applied. And I tell you, Dean, I bombed that interview. It was so bad. I got an interview. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Why do you want to be a nurse? Um, I don't know. You don't know. Mm, not really. <laughs> do you know what nurses do? Uh, not particularly, no. Have you ever been in a hospital? No, maybe maybe once when I was four. <laughs> Why are you auditing calculus? Because I'm failing calculus. <laughs> Just like stupid answers. <laughs> Anyways. But lo and behold, a couple days later, I get a phone call and... They let me in, and there were a lot of applicants. Like the odds of getting in were low, so that alone was just God opening doors. <laughs> so we opened the door wide for you. Opened the door wide, and He did that so many times. That's a great story, actually. Yeah, <laughs> how the Holy Spirit talks to us. We don't even know it's Him. Yeah, and He opens the doors, and we don't know it's Him. Yeah, He doesn't even do it to get a thank you or anything. Right, just loves us. Right, just loves us. <laughs> I think we all have those, especially from our youth, where he was guiding us and we didn't even know it. Yeah. So can I ask you an update on the dove in your backyard? Oh, yes. The dove is still there. The dove sleeps in the gutter right beside our Mm -hmm. sliding door. Oh, he sleeps there now. Yeah, it like lives on our patio now. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Moved in. It's moved in. I made a little perch for it. I don't know what to do with this dove. I feel like I'm going to tame it to get closer and then I'll catch it and bring it to you. Because Okay. I, I don't need another pet in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so a few months from now, we're going to have a dove cage in the corner. I'm going to catch this dove, Dean. <laughs> so I will bring this bird to winterize here. <laughs> right here in Let's Go Up Studio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's space right by these other eagles to keep it company. Because aren't they social birds? They are. <laughs> so it needs a friend. So we have to keep talking about the Holy Spirit because dove's still around. Dove's still around. We are mm-hmm. talking about the Holy Spirit and how... When we're encountered by the Holy Spirit, how he brings language into us after the encounter so that we can Mm. express what the Holy Spirit has done. Mm -hmm. That's the way it works. Something happens, you don't understand it, you don't have words to express it, and then as you ponder it, the language starts coming to you. And then once you get that language, because a language expresses the encounter, then you carry that, and when you teach it or impart it to people, it carries spirit and life. That's where we're going. All right. Wow. In fact, it might take us a couple of weeks to get there. <laughs> yeah. Not sure that we'll get there all today. Yeah. Can you cram it into a 40-minute time yeah. capsule? Probably not. <laughs> so let's dive into our subject today. All right. Where we need do to you start even with begin? knowledge. Knowledge. 
knowledge. Where did that knowledge all begin and come from? Hmm. Genesis? Is there a hint in there? <laughs> we are going back to Genesis. Is that where we should start? That's where we always need to start. Okay. Genesis means beginnings. All right. Go to the beginning to find out about the beginning. So I want to be clear on a couple of things, I think, before we start. Okay. I think we should be clear on what we're not saying. So I would like to say right off the bat that we are not against education. We're not against knowledge. Mm. We're not against learning. Knowledge, it's there. Mm. It's something we chose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing. Mm. There are certain types of knowledge that are actually encouraged in the scripture. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord mm. will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Mm, yeah. That was always the original intention of yeah. God, that the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the earth. And then there's something in the New Testament, we find the knowledge of the Holy One. Mm, yeah. But the word knowledge, we already talked about it a few weeks ago, yeah. to know in the Hebrew sense is not the same as we view the word to yeah, know Yeah, and I knowledge. think that's where we're going to go today. That's right. It's what we've grown up thinking might not be the way that we're destined to think. That's like, right. There might be another way, and we want to yes. explore that. You know, he says, in all you're getting, get understanding mm -hmm. in Proverbs. And then in that same one, though, he says, lean not on your own understanding. There are three aspects to knowledge. There is knowledge, there's understanding, and then there's wisdom. Mm. And there's a legitimate God-encountered version of all three of those things. Mm -hmm. And there's also a legitimate worldly version of all three of those things. Right, yeah. What we want to go with here is we want to talk about the God-encountered versions. Mm -hmm. And the worldly versions are there. They'll always be there. Yeah. And We've spent a lot of time studying a fallen man. Yes. And thinking like a fallen man and <laughs> learning like a fallen man. That's but right. There's this new creation. There is. Kainos life, Kainos way of learning and living and, yeah. and seeing and growing. So we're not against education. We're not against learning. We're not against knowledge. But what we want to do is we want to focus on the encountered versions of those. Mm -hmm. And we want to bring ourselves to a place where we have language to understand and express what that might look like. Mm -hmm. So that people have an alternative, so that we have an alternative. Yeah, what does learning look like in union exactly. with Jesus? Yeah. What does that look like? What does knowledge look like in union with him, That's with right. the mind of Christ? Might there be another way? Might there be a kingdom way of looking mm. at these things that maybe we haven't... Hmm. Mayhaps, mayhaps. Yes. <laughs> mm. All, right, all right, Genesis. We are in Genesis. We're going to look at where it all started. So we chose knowledge over life, knowledge of good and evil. That is interesting. I find it's so easy to read. Oh, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when you think about it, it's like, is it bad to know good, the knowledge of good? But there is something we weren't meant to have the knowledge of good and evil mm. through our own means and our own understanding. It's not only the knowledge of good and evil in the way that good and evil are contrasted in our world. It's knowledge of good things and it's knowledge of bad things. Mm. There's all kinds of knowledge out there. There's knowledge that is positive and good, mm -hmm. and there's knowledge that's negative. Knowledge is knowledge. 
it finds itself in categories of good things and evil things. But basically, if you read what happened in the garden when we chose that fruit, it's pretty specific that it wasn't actually just knowledge of good contrasted to evil. So we're going to read it. Genesis 3. So the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. I don't think they even knew what death was at that point in time. Yeah, just total purity and innocence. Yeah, an innocent Mm. woman talking to a very crafty serpent. Yeah. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So mm. it doesn't say here, knowing the contrast between good and evil. It's like knowing good stuff and knowing evil stuff. Mm. The serpent said, your eyes will be opened. You'll be enlightened. You will be like God. You'll know good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise... So once again, there's that knowledge. I can know all kinds of good things. It'll make me wise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I know about the evil things, then I could stay away from them. It's harmless. That's right. (laughs) So she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So this is where the quest for knowledge started for us as humans. Hmm. Right here. Yeah, and I find it interesting that that first temptation wasn't to eat the fruit. It was to question what Father had already said. That led them to eat from that tree. Yeah, the serpent said, has God said? Is he really? He certainly won't die. Like, Yeah, but it's interesting that she wanted to be like God. Somehow she must have thought that God was holding out. He's withholding knowledge. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? It's like when you're a parent and you hide this gift under your bed for your kid and they know they're going to get it, but I'm just going to take a peek. I'm just, if I just see it myself Mm -hmm, early, even though your whole plan is to give them this gift and this amazing timing on this like special day, but then they take the peek to know, but then it kind of spoiled what was already going to be theirs. Mm -hmm. That's sort of what it reminds me of with this knowledge and this knowing and this enlightenment. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that our father was going to reveal all sorts of amazing things to them. The father was not planning to withhold knowledge from Adam and Eve. He just didn't want them to get it this way. Mm -hmm. Going back to what we were saying a few minutes ago, there is a way to receive knowledge from the father in a context, in a way that it doesn't harm us. But if we go after it this way... Mm. It actually produces death in us. So what we want to do is we want to focus on how we can do it in the context of it bringing life to us rather yeah, than death. Where we don't get puffed up. And... That's right. It's interesting how the tree of knowledge of good and evil, a tree desirable to make one wise, a tree that would enlighten one, this language, enlightened, to be enlightened, and desire to be wise, that produced such death. In fact, it crashed our entire world. There is something very important for us to ponder ponder. and to discover in why we as humans chose knowledge over the tree of life. And the thing is, is it left us on a quest for knowledge from the garden that we have never been able to get away from. 
we chase after that thing. And in the end, our world is full of death. The more knowledge that we seem to get, the more death comes into our world. We get all kinds of amazing knowledge and we turn it into a hydrogen bomb that could kill millions and millions of people. So knowledge in the wrong context produces death. It produces personal death. It produces cultural death. And it can produce death at a national level. Such an interesting point you make because when you look at the potential, our potential as a species that God's created, what we have come up with and what we potentially can come up with, all these new discoveries and now with this AI stuff and all Mm -hmm. this ridiculously incredible stuff, I just feel like, man, you've created us with so much incredible potential with this knowledge. But when it's outside of life, Yes. That same potential leads to death yeah. as opposed to life. The explosion of knowledge, the age of enlightenment yeah. brought us to this place. Yeah. And I don't think all of this stuff is just all evil. It's I believe not. God's intended us to advance and grow and discover these things. But because we're doing it outside of life, it has that devastating effect attached to it. And because humans, apart from God, are intrinsically selfish, what we do is we compete for resources. Nations compete for resources and for space and for significance. Mm, Yeah. And then they use their knowledge to build up weaponry Mm. to protect those things. And right now, if you look at the situations in our world, there are at least a half a dozen powder kegs that at any given time could blow up literally millions of souls. So what have we done with our knowledge? We've taken it to places of death and self-protectionism. And as the Bible says, knowledge puffs, puffs us up when it's used outside the context of the Father and outside of the context of encounter with the Holy Spirit. When we take it to the wrong place, we really do ourselves in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We lead ourselves to the brink of disaster time after time again. History has proven it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if that type of knowledge brought such death on our world and brought a curse on our planet and crashed our earth and our home for thousands of years, if we would have eaten from the tree of life, what would that have brought? Oh. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. Light beam. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yeah. So what was in the tree of life? Apples. Apples. (laughs) So it says in the book of Revelation that the tree of life, which is now located in heaven, carries with it leaves that are for the healing of the nations. Oh, yeah. So rather than death for the nations, Mm -hmm. there's healing for the nations. Health and wholeness. Health, wholeness, Mm -hmm. life, glory, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, which was meant to be the main knowledge that we carry. But how long has it been since we've even heard anybody talk about the knowledge of the glory. We don't talk about the glory of God very often. Yeah. And when we do, we don't really understand it very much. Mm. But what was in the tree of life? Life, presence, glory, encounter, union, all of those things Mm -hmm. contrasted to the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. One has works, (laughs) trying and striving, and the other is this effortless place of rest Mm -hmm. in relationship. We could contrast those two trees for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The qualities of one and the qualities of the other and what mm-hmm. they carry. Yeah. But had we eaten from the tree of life, our planet would look very different. So that's why I say that 
the father was never intending to withhold knowledge from Adam and Eve. He just didn't want them to get it directly from eating. Yeah. He didn't want it to come directly like that. Mm-hmm. What he wanted them to do is he wanted them to go to the tree of life, encounter him, come yeah. into fellowship and union with him, find presence, find his glory. And then the byproduct of that relationship would have been knowledge like the waters cover the seas. The father would have downloaded knowledge of all kinds in the right context that would not have led them to death, but that would have led them in pathways of righteousness and in the ways of life. So there is another way. There's a narrow way. (laughs) There is a narrow way. Yeah. Yeah. But we're so entrenched in our thinking in the other direction because that's what we chose. Mm -hmm. And our quest as humans is for knowledge and we want it direct and we want it straight up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I just thought of something as we're talking here. Let me see if I can get it out. Language is being developed in me right now. (laughs) It seems to me as if the goal of the deceiver or the serpent might have been to get us as humans to switch our food source. Mm. Mm. We were supposed to eat from the tree of life. Mm -hmm. He got us to switch our food source Mm. to knowledge. Whoa. Dean. Yeah. That was a mic drop. Ooh. (laughs) I might get two things on the way down. (laughs) That's how much of a mic drop it was. It couldn't just fall straight. Bam, bam. Okay, it's good. So we're eating knowledge. We're eating and consuming knowledge straight up Mm. rather than eating and consuming life and getting the knowledge as a byproduct. Mm. He got us to switch our food source. Very clever. And he has kept our world in darkness Mm. because of the food that we're eating. Mm -hmm. It's like artificial nutrition. Artificial nutrition, exactly. (laughs) Why do I keep getting sick? Because there's no nutrients in this. (laughs) That's right. It's like eating Wonder Bread. And cheese whiz. <laughs> mm, yeah, if that's all you're eating, I guess it seems all right. Yeah, you're hungry. You're always hungry for it. Mm-hmm, you yeah. always crave it. Never satisfied. But it never quite satisfies. Yeah. And you have to get more and more of it. Like sugar. It's like this addictive, completely like useless <laughs> substance yeah. that we just have to have. That's right. Yeah, so it's so, like knowledge. <laughs> the sugar of <laughs> the spirit. That's right. <laughs> So consuming it like that actually leads us in very harmful But when when you consume the knowledge of the Father, what He's serving you and delivering, it's just sustenance. It's not striving to know about Him. I've memorized the whole Bible. Like you could literally have the whole thing memorized. You could read it and know every word. But do you know Him? That's right. Have you been feasting on the bread of life? The bread of life. That's right. The bread of the presence in the temple is the bread of life that Jesus was talking about when he said, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread is the presence of God. Mm. That's what we were meant to eat. Yeah, We weren't meant to consume knowledge. So Mm. like I said, the deceiver got us to switch our food source up. Mm. He got us on something that was like sugar. What are we seeking? What Mm -hmm. are we going to? Right. Is it knowledge? get more, 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 or presence, and in that trusting and knowing that he'll give you. That's right. Give you what you need. Mm -hmm. So, Kretis, this week I looked something up online. Mm. I was interested in something. Were you trying to gain more knowledge on the Google? Yes, I was. (laughs) I found something particularly interesting. 
from the mm-hmm. U.S. Department of Education. Oh. I looked up their website. I thought, okay. You're planning on becoming a tutor or a <laughs> No. <laughs> I just wanted to know what they had to say about knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Because they're all about educating people. Yeah. So I wanted to know what kind of language they were using. Mm-hmm. Some pretty crazy statements. Mm. And if you compare the statements that they make to the account of Eve and the garden, mm. it's so telling. You can see the parallels there? See the parallels. Oh, okay. So how about this? So this is from the U.S. Department of Education, and this is published January 2nd, 2022. And it's entitled, The Quest for Knowledge and the Age of Enlightenment. Hmm. That's the title of the article. The Age of Enlightenment. Yeah. So knowledge and education is all about enlightenment. Hmm. Yeah. Let me just go back to it. So when she looked at the tree... She saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and it was to be desired to make one wise. She wanted to be enlightened. She wanted to be wise. So this educational article is all about the quest for knowledge and the age of enlightenment. Mm. So glory is also about enlightenment. Yeah. The glory of God. Oh, yes. (laughs) So had they eaten from the tree of life, Mm. there would have definitely been enlightenment in that. And much more permanent and satisfying. (laughs) So we're trying to be enlightened by something other than the glory of God here. We're trying to be enlightened by knowledge rather than God's glory. So we have that Mm -hmm. quest for knowledge and that need for enlightenment. That's part of our makeup. But the reason why we have a need to be enlightened is because we're supposed to be lit by the glory of God. Yeah. You see that often in the nature of people chasing things. There is something in us that's meant to desire certain things. Mm -hmm. But outside of God, it's just broken. It's separate. And so these things that can be so bad in our world or whatever, there's a reason why we're drawn to it. Mm -hmm. Like We were talking about that with the rock show. There's this draw towards rocks and gems, and they turn them into like the spiritual stuff. Yes, right. But there's a reason they're drawn to it. God loves his gems. He loves his bling. That's right. (laughs) They're just drawn to it, but outside of him. So it's perversion. We are meant to be drawn to what our Father's drawn to. We're meant (laughs) to be drawn to light. Yeah. And the glory of God is the ultimate source of light. Yeah. Civilizations worshiping the sun. That's right. Drawn to the light source. And what we've tried to do is we've tried to make knowledge a light source Mm. when in fact that type of knowledge produces death Mm. not life listen to this next statement from this journal the true goal of any quest for knowledge is a clearer understanding of oneself Hmm. so now we're talking about identity (laughs) so we try to get knowledge so we have a clearer understanding of ourself no wonder the world's in an identity crisis no wonder (laughs) like perpetual identity crisis because we're trying to seek our identity through knowledge that's right rather than seeking our identity not even seeking it but finding it in christ yeah and in the father and in the family of the kingdom we will never discover ourselves and our identity through knowledge not going to happen there's only one source of identity yeah and that's knowing who we are Mm-hmm. in the Father. Letting the love of the Father shape the understanding of who we are. That's the yeah. only way. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another statement from the same journal. The quest for knowledge has no end. So in other words, it keeps going and going. We will never know all that there is to know, which is true. Mm. If you look at the heart of the Father, pretty deep. it's pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> we will spend eternity. <laughs> Limitless time. <That's> right. <laughs> 
But that type of knowledge has no end because we chose it from the beginning. And we're stuck and we're chained to it. We can't get away from it. And so we have a quest for it. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Knowledge is a powerful weapon overlooked by many people. We hope that one day as a society, we can come together and use education to change the world. So trying to use the knowledge, the tree of good and evil, to change the world when the tree of life is the world changer. (laughs) That's That's right. Yeah. The only way that the world will ever be changed Mm. is by the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, if you're going to talk about Mm -hmm. knowledge, Mm -hmm. and also by the world encountering Jesus or the Father. Mm Mm-hmm. The knowledge that we have actually has brought the world to the brink of destruction yeah. many times. Yeah. We'll never change the world through that mm. type of knowledge. Yeah. We think we're so advanced in our culture and we have all this knowledge and, mm-hmm. you know, we're kind of like superior intellects compared to more barbaric, whatever. But then <laughs> we get a pandemic and what are people doing? They're going savage over toilet paper. There you go. Okay. I'm like, we are not that enlightened. Side note, I remember <laughs> walking down some cracker aisle and seeing a, a whole pack of toilet paper. And this was in Costco cake. And it was just sitting there. And it was like, oh, a toilet paper pack. And I went to grab it and I was like, no, I don't need toilet paper. Oh, but you might. There's a toilet paper shortage. I'm like, then I'll use leaves. <laughs> <laughs> we get all this knowledge. We have universities and we have democracy and we think we're so elevated. We've reached this other level because of our knowledge. But then one thing happens and we go savage. That's right. (laughs) So really, it's very deceptive, right? The knowledge of the world. Second Corinthians, the wisdom or the way of life cheats and deceives us. Mm -hmm. The wisdom of the world, it cheats and deceives us. Mm -hmm. Deceives you into thinking you're okay and you've got it together and it's a different kind of wisdom. We're not meant to live by that. And you see glimpses of why (laughs) in the toilet paper aisle. (laughs) I think it's really telling in this statement, knowledge is a powerful weapon Mm. that's overlooked by many people. Mm. It indeed is a powerful weapon and it has produced powerful weapons Mm. that could destroy our planet. So that's what it's brought us to. Mm -hmm. And once again, we are not against education here. We're just talking Mm. about worldly knowledge. The wisdom of the world is very different. It's very different, yeah. And in Colossians, he says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, Mm. according to the tradition of men, Mm. according to the basic principles of the world, right? and not according to Christ. Right. Bam. Bam. Wow. So we got another statement here from the United States Department of Education. They're, you're going to be getting some emails from the... Maybe. If they, if they find this podcast. But now the FBI is going to be on to you, Dean. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> They're going to be tapping your phones. Good. I heard one guy say, I think it was Chris Valentin. He's like, oh, people are talking about our phones listening and the government listening in on us. And Big Brother, he's like, good. I've been trying to get the government to listen to me for years. <laughs> So, you know, Jesus loves you. That's right. (laughs) Your real identity is found in him. (laughs) Perfect. All right. We look at books and written or oral information as a solid body of coherent enlightenment. Once Mm -hmm. again, we're looking for enlightenment here from what we're looking at and what we're studying. This type Mm -hmm. of knowledge is being touted as a source of enlightenment. I find that so profound because... The glory of God is the ultimate source of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. 
and there's no shadow, there's no darkness in it. That's so right. in all of our enlightenment, we can try to get in our own means. There's always that potential for error or missing something yeah. or just the ignorance of not understanding whatever time period you're in, yeah. how you see things even. But the enlightenment from yeah. him, flawless. The tree of life carries enlightenment and light and encounter and love and glory. Mm-hmm. There's true enlightenment there. Yes. I like it. Hmm. Listen to this. Knowledge at its essential core is not only a worthy beginning, so we chose it in the beginning, (laughs) so it definitely is part of the beginnings, but it is also like a flame, which later on will become a blaze. So here it's talking about knowledge as a flame or a blaze. What about the consuming fire of the glory of God? What about being baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire? You always see the Holy Spirit and the tree of life and the things that were there. We see this perversion of that, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we're so preoccupied looking at that and seeking that, we won't see the actual feast. We'll be Mm -hmm. eating the cheese whiz and the white bread, and but we won't see the actual true meal right there. Mm -hmm. So knowledge holds no flame, but the glory of God is a flame. In 1 Corinthians 3, he says, if anyone among you thinks themselves wise in this age, let him become a fool so he can really be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Hmm. The wisdom of God, it doesn't exist in the realm of knowledge. Hmm. It exists as a person. Hmm. Knowledge is the Holy One. Yeah, Wisdom is Jesus. It's contained in an encounter with a person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Why do we seek this wisdom in this world, right? And they're listing the reasons, right? And all those things that we want would just be effortless, like fruits of living yes. with Him. We tried to bypass union and intimacy with yeah. the Father mm-hmm. to get something outside of the context that it was supposed to come to us in. Yeah, all of that stuff that we're striving for and seeking for would be coming in such a healthy, pure, beautiful, effortless, relational way. Yes, because that is the true Hebrew understanding of the word to know. Yeah. It starts with encounter, and then Mm -hmm. out of the encounter comes the knowledge of what has just happened to us. And then Mm -hmm. out of that, language is developed to be able to impart that to other people. Mm -hmm. But when we go after the knowledge straight up, we seek after it, it's our quest, and then we develop ways of teaching it to people. And it almost becomes an idol. There's this like worship almost around it. And then what happens in our world is that that opens doors to go certain places in certain levels. If you have a PhD and whatever, Mm. you can't even go into certain places without those titles, correct? But that's what we've created out of this whole thing. Yeah. Here's another one. The passion and the quest for knowledge starts with curiosity. That's because it started with curiosity right in the (laughs) garden. (laughs) (laughs) He was curious. She wanted to know what it would be like to be wise, Mm. just like God. Peeked under the bed at the present too soon. That's right. I wonder. And then Christmas morning comes or your birthday and you already know what it is. Here's another one. The passion for knowledge is an inborn trait that makes us who we are. So now we're giving knowledge the credit for us being who we are. Mm -hmm. We're giving it credit for our identity. That's a slippery slope. And we're saying that it's an inborn trait, which it has become an inborn trait because Mm -hmm. we chose it as the pattern for which our world would continue on perpetually 
we are all about knowledge because we chose knowledge. Mm-hmm. We don't even know why we're doing it. We chose it back in the garden. And it's almost like the more knowledge we get, the more confused we get about what is knowledge. And it kind of cycles back to who was it? It was a pilot who stood before Jesus, truth himself, and said, what is truth? Yes. Like truth manifest in the flesh is standing before you and you're still saying, what is truth? What is truth? And we are still saying that with all the knowledge we've gained in our way that makes sense to us in the world, Mm -hmm. the wisdom of the world, we're still standing here saying, what is truth? And the more knowledge we get, the more confused we get about certain things because it goes in cycles. And it's not coming from the source, the way like... we start to overthink things. Mm -hmm. There is a way that we were meant to interact with knowledge. Mm. Once again, it was through encounter. But when we take it outside of that realm and we make it our quest and we chase after it as the ultimate quest in our discovery of who we are, then it gets us into trouble. (laughs) I have one more statement here, so this makes me wonder... This comes from the Department of Education, okay? The desire to know is universal and encompasses all walks of life. Yes, it does. All cultures. Yes, it does. And all ages. Yes, it does. Listen to this. We don't know how it started or how it developed, but we certainly know it grows by what it feeds on. Are you kidding me? Okay. We don't know how it started or how it developed. Actually, we do know how it started. We only have to go to the third (laughs) chapter of the Bible to figure this out, people. We do know Mm. where it started. It started in the garden. It's what we chose that tanked us (laughs) (laughs) as a human species. Mm. And then it says, we certainly know how it grows by what it feeds on. Mm. And what did we do? We ate from a tree. So yes, it feeds on something. Like I said, the devil got us to switch our food source. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to eat from the tree of life, and he got us as a human species to switch to feeding on knowledge. Yeah, to the point that we even use knowledge and intellect as a debate against our creator. Yes. If anything... The more you see and learn about the world, the more he's demonstrated in it. And yet somehow we've turned it into a debate against him. Yes. You know? like We've turned the debate of the vastness of the universe mm. into a case that there is no God. Yeah. When it says directly in the word of God <laughs> yeah. that we are without excuse yeah. because of the grandeur of what we see. <laughs> because of it, of the yeah. vastness. <laughs> yeah. The heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah. It's not um, that surprising that all of that language is in there, considering it's the way of the world. That's right. And it's a system of the world. That's right. It's the way of the world. It's a system of the world. And it's Mm -hmm. what we've developed out of what we chose. Yeah. Evidently, we don't even know why we chose it. And we don't even know that we chose it because (laughs) here they're saying we don't know how it started Mm. or how it developed. Mm Mm-hmm. So we don't even get it. We don't get that we chose it from the beginning Mm. as our template for life and success on our planet. Mm -hmm. And we thought that that would bring us to God. We thought it would make us like God. Mm. But in reality, what makes us like him is looking at him, Mm. putting our eyes on him. Mm. It says in 1 John, when we see him, we will be like him because we will see him for who he is and we will see all of his glory. Yeah. So we become like him when we, with unveiled face, look at him and we're changed and transformed from glory to glory into his image. That's how we become like God. 
mm. not this other way. Yeah. So today we've talked a lot about a system of the world yeah. that we chose. I think we don't want to leave this podcast without focusing our eyes up. Because that's what we do on Let's Go Up. Mm -hmm. And I'd so. like to say that Jesus on the cross became the reincarnated tree of life. Yeah. So we can eat from that. That's wow, right. Dean. Yes. Profound. How we do that? Jesus. We take communion. He's given us oh. his body and he's given us his blood. It's a physical thing that we can eat and drink. Okay. Just like from the tree of life, <laughs> we could actually have taken fruit from that. Yeah. So the fruit of his body and the fruit of his blood, he's given us direct physical access to it once again through the cross. So we can be like, all right, we're now in this position. I set before you life and death. That's right. Choose yeah. life. Choose life. Don't look at what Adam and Eve did and blame everything and stay in that place and relating to the fallen man. You have this option of life or death to eat from the tree of life from now on. New creation, kind of us life. Brand new, totally different species, son of God. Sons and daughters. Walking again with him yep. in relationship, yep. revolving your life around his presence. Yep. Feeding from the bread of the presence mm, yeah. rather than the tree of knowledge. Mm. Knowledge was never meant to be our food. When we feed on his presence, knowledge comes to us as a byproduct mm, of wow. the presence. Yeah. So that's all we're saying Whoa. here today. We are not against education. Don't yeah. send the angry emails. <laughs> Pray about it. Ask the Spirit to give you wisdom and revelation on these words, because I feel like it is something that the Holy Spirit reveals to us when we have hearts that are willing and mm -hmm. open. Yeah. Because, you know, anytime I see something that isn't lining up to beauty and perfection, there's more to it, mm -hmm. because God is beauty and perfection. I'm going to read you a little passage here, Dean, from Philippians 3. I am so excited. I love Philippians. Philippians 3. Okay. This is Paul. Okay. okay. Your buddy Paul speaking, just so you know I'm not plagiarizing. For we have already experienced heart circumcision, and we worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit, not in laws and religious duties. We are those who boast in what Jesus has done, mm -hmm. and not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. Come on. It's true that I once relied on all that I had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others. All right, this is where he starts giving his list of his awesomeness. Right. For my pedigree was impeccable. Uh -huh. This is the Passion Translation, okay. but it basically says the exact same thing in the rest of them. I was born a true Hebrew yeah. of the heritage of Israel as the son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. Yeah, pretty good pedigree right there. There you go. I was circumcised eight days after my birth, ouch, and was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism, living a separated and devout life as a Pharisee. This part gets me. Concerning the righteousness of the Torah, no one surpassed me. Wow. I was without a peer. No one surpassed him in it. There was no equal to him. No, no peer. Equal. He was on the top of the He pile. was on the top. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of truth, Ooh. I persecuted the Messianic believers with religious zeal. Ooh. Yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them, and I regard it all as nothing. So his family heritage, that purity in the bloodline, 
all of his knowledge, having the Torah memorized, obeying mm. hundreds of laws to perfection, being at the elite top of the religious, fighting for God with zeal, you know, defending the truth mm-hmm. with passion, giving his whole life. I consider it nothing mm. compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. Oh, wow. That's extreme language right there. So that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus, knowing. 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 And he says to experience. And embrace him as Lord and all of his greatness. Mm. My passion is to be consumed with him, not clinging to my own righteousness based on keeping the written law. My only righteousness will be his based on the faithfulness of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it goes on. Some good reading there. I love how he talks at the beginning about all the stuff he picked up through the world system of knowledge. And then when he switches over, he starts talking about experience. Yeah. To experience Jesus. So there we have it. That is the contrast. The tree of life is all about encounter, experience, knowing him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The wonders of his love his glory, his power, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit versus the tree of knowledge, which was all about him being elite. Yeah. Nobody. He nailed the tree of knowledge. He nailed Nailed it. Nailed it. It's crazy. Exciting though. So Cretus, Mm. next week, we're taking this to another level. You know that, right? (laughs) Okay. Next week, we're going to talk about the tree of life. We've kind of focused on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Mm -hmm. and its fruit and its food today. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we're going to focus on the tree of life Mm. and what knowledge looks like when it comes to that channel. I'm (laughs) already drooling. So infused knowledge, are you kidding me? Can this actually happen another way? Yes, Mm. it can. Don't miss next week. Okay, so that's where we leave it today, Kritis. Okay. It's hard to say goodbye. Always. So thanks for joining us, everybody. It's been an awesome conversation, Caritas. Yeah. It's been so much fun. It's been very, very fun. The Holy Spirit has led us places that I don't think we thought we would go. No. There we are. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to next week. Yes. Tree of life. Yes. Yes. It'll be so good. It's going to be great. So yeah, thanks for joining us. If you want more information, we have a fancy schmancy website. (laughs) I don't know. Is it fancy schmancy, Dean? It is. Yeah, it's it's let's go up dot us. There you go. It's a fun place to go to find information about let's go up. Yep. Everything is linked in one place. Check it out. Have a great week. Have an awesome one. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>